This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Here on the Taz and Jim program, you know we like to look out for you guys. We we don't want our listeners to fall victim to scam artists. Mm -hmm. And there is another scam that is happening in the Taz and Jim listening area that we feel we need to warn you about. This one's a little more specific, a little more pinpointed, but if you are planning on buying an illegal monkey, you need to hear about this. <laughs> you said it all there. If you're planning on buying an illegal monkey, Taz, because I we feel so much empathy for people who get scammed a lot of times. It's something I would fall for, you know, maybe, I don't know, but this time, the more I read this story, the more red flags popped up, and I just cannot believe it got this far. So this family is from Scugog, Ontario, which is just northeast of Toronto, somewhere around there. Small town, whatever. They have a few members of their family they thought could uh, benefit from a, an emotional support animal. So they decide, we want to get an emotional support monkey. Mm -hmm. Just one of those little ones, like the one that... Mar yeah, like Ross From Geller friends. had on Friends. Yeah. Just one of those. They have like a, a ch uh, capuchine monkeys, I think is right. what they're called. I don't know how you pronounce it exactly. Marcel but the monkey. They start looking on Facebook, right? They find this place. It's called Universal Chimp Farms. They strike up a deal where Universal Chimp Farms says, okay, yeah, we'll send you a monkey. First, we need $1,500 for each animal. I guess they're going to send two. They thought they wanted to get two monkeys. Well, then the monkeys can play with each other and keep each other company. I have two dogs. I get it. Yeah. You know? So, uh... Down payment. Yeah, of course. Uh, red flag number one. They asked to be paid in not, they wouldn't accept Visa or credit card or anything like that. You had to go to Walmart to get the prepaid Visa cards, $50 each, and then send them to them. Uh, one of the, I think, I think the grandmother, like the mother of the person who wanted it, their partner uh, said, I think this is a bit of a red flag. I think I've heard about this before. Yeah, yeah. If someone's asking you to pay for something in prepaid Visa cards, yeah. iTunes or Amazon gift cards, there's a pretty good chance you're getting scammed. So the family then said, shut up, old man. We're going to Walmart anyway. They go to we Walmart. We want our monkey. They go to Walmart. They start ringing through all these gift cards. Walmart stops them and says, this is a stereotypical scam here. We would advise you not to go through with this. Do not do this. It's our policy oh, really? to warn you to not do this. So the if you buy a large number of gift cards, the retailer will actually say... Hey, you better be careful because we've seen this play out before. Yeah, Walmart ha will anyway. And I'm sure they've probably had legal troubles because people probably try to go after them if they can't go after the scammers themselves. So Walmart is smart enough to flag this type of behavior. The family ignores that. Uh, a couple other red flags. They didn't. They only sent pictures of the monkeys, not them actively playing with the monkeys. No mm. modern newspaper next to the monkeys to show that they, these were up to date. Uh, another red flag. They did look into getting a license for these monkeys. It is actually illegal to have an emotional support monkey or get these type of monkeys in Canada anyway. It's like uh, there's apparently they can bring in diseases. It's yeah, yeah. Haven't you seen the movie Outbreak with <laughs> Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> yeah. It's prohibited from this country due to public health concerns and zoonotic disease potential. Yes. So the family didn't do any research and they said they were going to apply for the uh, for the emotional support license the last After thing you want arrived. is to buy an illegal monkey, and then that thing is patient zero for COVID-22. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all assume is going to happen. It's going to happen, and it's going to be a that, monkey that causes it. Either that, or they get some shot to fight Alzheimer's, and they take over. They become smarter, and yeah. then it's a planet of the age. Caesar. So, uh, all, all in all, they claim that they lost $8,000. They could only provide receipts for about $2,700. Uh, they went to CBC News to talk about it. So, I mean, they, they showed some receipts. that Allegedly, they, they lost $8,000. I do feel bad for the family because they had a string of bad luck. Fire in the house. Uh, lawnmower accident. One of their kids lost two fingers. One of the family members has uh, issues that could use an emotional support animal. He has a disability. So... The family had blinders on because they were looking for a bright spot in their light, life somewhere. However, you have to listen to the red flags and mm -hmm. do your research because giving these people money gives them it, like it funds their scam operation. Yeah, You're not, it's not just you who's getting scammed; it's continuing this nonsense. It's the next person who's looking for an illegal monkey. <laughs> now they're going to get scammed too. Sure. Unless they're listening to the Taz and Jim show right now. 
then you're welcome. No better. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. The glorious Suns are out on tour right now. They played uh, KW last weekend. They were in London, Ontario, Wednesday night. Last night they were in St. Catharines, and apparently there was a bit of a difference between the show on Wednesday in London and the show last night in St. Catharines. That, according to a Taz and Jim listener named Mike, who joins us here. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good. So you went to both shows. You went to the London show on Wednesday, and you were there in St. Catharines last night. What what stood out to you in terms of uh, differences in the shows? Well, Wednesday night in London, it seemed uh, they were a little tired almost. Uh, You know, they were just going through the motions. They were on stage for maybe an hour and a half. No encore, nothing like that. But last night in St. Catharines, oh man, they blew Wednesday out of the water. They came out on stage, the lights were going nuts. They uh, they had new renditions of some of their songs. They played some new music. The energy on stage was just turned up to 11. They brought out the Trues to play a couple songs with them. They brought out the beaches what? play a couple songs with them they brought out the dirty nail and played some oh, songs was they this brought a festival? jj wild oh yeah yeah they brought jj wild on stage to play with them and then they went off stage and i thought for sure there's an encore tonight this is not the same show we see on wednesday they come back on stage and they bring matt mays out on stage with them and they play a couple songs with him man and now- they finish it off they bring them all back out, and they all play together to do a finale. <laughs> this is like the last waltz, dude. What, what happened? <laughs> See, the thing about Wednesday, though, is Brett was on stage, and he said, hey, guys, my, something's going on with my voice, and I could address the crowd. I think, I think half the crowd was having so much fun and drinking so much, they didn't actually know that he said this. My friends included didn't even catch it. But he was like, at yeah, one point, he was, he was like, having some problems. Yeah, uh, vocal problems. Lead singer of uh, Glorious Sons, Brett, yeah, is yeah. what we're talking about. So he was like, London, if you help me sing, I'll we'll come back and we'll love you forever. So the crowd kind of had to step up and sing a lot of the the songs about halfway through the show. So I feel bad for the band because, you know, it's like having an injured player. The show must go on. So I'm not surprised the show in St. Kitts was was so much better. But what was all the special guests? Yeah. It's not that much further of a drive to London. They, they must have done whatever they inject into football players when it looks like they just broke their leg. They pull them off the field. They go back and shoot a bunch of needles oh, into yeah. their leg, and they come back out. Brett must have been getting those shots <laughs> to rebound like that in 24 hours. Yeah, what a redemption! Well, I'm glad you got to see that show in, in St. Catharines. Everybody who uh, oh, yeah. who was there, uh, be thankful. Yeah, that, sounds like an old timer <laughs> that you yeah, weren't at the show on Wednesday. Uh, rock the park. Hopefully, rock the park. They come out and uh, make it up to us. Yeah, because they got another show coming up in London in the summertime, and the Trues are on that bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, big wreck. You have July Talk playing that night as well, so maybe they'll they'll invite some friends up on stage that night. They could have been saving it for the outdoor show in London. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Have you been out for a round of golf yet, Jim? No, not yet. We got to get out there soon. <laughs> I feel like we'd be on the other end of this story. <laughs> Uh, the way we play. A Massachusetts family wins $5 million after suing a country club because their property was hit over and over by golf balls. They live right on uh, the golf course. Their backyard backs onto the course. Mm-hmm. And they say that the, over four years, their property was hit at least 651 times. That's not that. That's once every four days or so, every four years. 651 golf balls in this article. They got a big, giant Tupperware bin just full of balls. So they got $5 million, and they got to keep all those sweet Pro (laughs) V1s? That's got to be $600,000 right there. That's a bonus. (laughs) That seems like a lot of money. Their house cost $750,000 back in 2017. They say they haven't been able to enjoy it because their daughters can't go in the backyard. <laughs> They've replaced windows numerous times. Is this not the deal you sign up for when you buy a property next to a golf course? This is I don't even know if it's unwritten. 
Like it, a lot of times it's written that like, you know, it's not the golf course's fault if you get hit by balls. 600 though? 651 they say. How do we even know? How do we know years? they didn't go to Walmart and get a bunch of retrieval ball bags and try to make the problem even worse? Like how do we how can we confirm that that happened? It the could be The judge has determined They're never wrong that they had a case. 5 million? 5 million dollars. Put up an awning. I don't know. They say the golf course should be doing that. The golf course has taken steps now. They've moved the tee box. I guess it was a dog leg, and people who would try to cut the corner over the trees didn't realize that someone's house was down there, and it was just bombarded yeah, but with if you, balls. If you know the layout of the course, you buy that house, and you know you live by a golf course, there has to be a reasonable amount of golf balls that are going to land on your property. What that reasonable amount is, I don't know, but it doesn't even sound like there was multiple a day. Would you take that deal? <laughs> Five mil if we're not hanging out in my backyard? A hundred percent. Five million dollars. You just have to put up with golf balls whizzing past your head for four years. Totally fine. Done. Done and done. I would take that. I would just, I wouldn't even live on that property. I'd buy another one. Just keep soaking in all the golf balls. And keep up the lawsuits. They're frowning in the picture that's in this article, too. The couple is standing in their yard, and the picture is taken from inside the house through a, a shattered window, shattered by a golf ball, and they're frowning. I have a feeling when the camera's not around, they've, they're high five. Oh, each for other. sure. Five million dollars. Oh, that frown was so hard to maintain. <laughs> That's kind of the uh, the test on these things. You ask yourself, would I put up with that? Like, okay, if you lost an arm or a leg in a workplace accident, would you do that for $5 million? Maybe not. Probably not. But would you put up with a golf ball landing in your yard every once in a while? Yes. 100%. That's the easy litmus test. Yeah, I would take that deal, and I think most people would. And I am loving your passion on this subject, Jim. Well, it's annoying. Just talking about this couple in Massachusetts who bought a house or built a house on a golf course. And after four years of being bombarded with golf balls, sued the, the country club, got $5 million. Uh, pretty sweet deal, if you ask me. Yeah, sounds like they made it like bandits. And we're getting a number of text messages here from listeners. Yeah, people want to know what came first, the chicken or the egg, essentially. What was first there, the property of the home or the golf course itself? And this is directly from the couple's lawyer. Quote, they thought they were buying a golf course view property, and what they ended up buying was a golf course in play property. So the golf course was already there. Yes, 100%. They did sue the builder as well. Uh, apparently... The builder got... But they, the builder they did, settled out of court. Yeah, yeah, and the, the five mil was from the golf course itself. Yeah, so they got paid out by the builder too. Here's the thing. they ha- you, you, you said earlier when we were talking about it, and I saw the picture on the article, now I'm looking at it, they kept a Tupperware of all 651 balls. Now, if you're moving to a golf course, you probably play golf. So you're telling me you didn't use any of those golf balls to play golf? <laughs> you were building that case from day one, collecting all those golf balls, or like my assumption is, bought them from Walmart to try to build a better case against the golf course. I know why Jim's upset. Because I don't want to be liable. I know, because we're bad golfers, and you think next time we we, uh, hit a ball in someone's backyard or, heaven forbid, we hit their house or their children or dogs. Shouldn't have been standing there. (laughs) With a golf ball that we're going to be on the hook for five schmilly. Well, I mean, living next to the golf course can't be part of the pros and cons when you buy the plate. It's either a pro or a con for you. You You either want it or you don't. Which is it? Is it a selling point or does it actually make you want to sell your house? This is the Taz and Jim podcast. (laughs) This is ridiculous. A new study found that most Americans don't want dinosaurs to come back from extinction. Most! Oh, wow. What do you think the numbers are? How many people, what percentage of people do you think actually do want dinosaurs to come back? I'd say a strong 15%. Uh, 26% of people. Even more stupid than I thought. Would like to see dinosaurs come back from extinction. See, here's which dinosaur. If it was just the brontosaurus, and if you were driving down the 403 and you looked over and there was just a giant brontosaurus like eating some treetop leaves, Mm -hmm. that'd be fun. And it would help for all the guys working at the quarry. (laughs) Yeah. When the day's over, they just slide down the neck. (laughs) 
They they did ask if you could pick and choose which dinosaurs would you bring back. So you'd go Brontosaurus. Yeah, yeah, because like it couldn't sneak up on you or anything. Uh, Triceratops was the leader with twelve percent. Pterodactyl. That's a terrible. That's the one. worst. Yeah, like imagine it, walking your dog when pterodactyls are around. Well, how about airplanes? <laughs> Yeah. Right? You get a pterodactyl in the engine? That's yeah. not good for anybody. 11% <laughs> say pterodactyls. That's the worst choice, honestly. Well, I don't know. Tyrannosaurus Rex is probably know. pretty yeah, bad, I guess too. so. But I feel like you'd be at the beach and all of a sudden you'd hear like, ah! and everybody look up. Right. Ah! <laughs> you could swoop down at any moment. Why did I get French fries? <laughs> Here come a pack of pterodactyls. <laughs> quick, quick, put them under the blanket. Uh, 10% of people say they want the Tyrannosaurus Rex Those to come people back. hate life. Those people are, those are the joker. <laughs> it would be if you had to go, you know, you're getting eaten by a dinosaur. Like, who would have saw that coming? <laughs> <laughs> Not you, probably. It would be unexpected. I mean, it'd be if it was on camera, I guess it'd be cool. Uh, other animals that people would like to bring back if they could. So 32% of people say scientists should attempt to bring back extinct animals other than dinosaurs. Uh, the northern white rhinoceros, the dodo bird, the Caribbean monk seal, Tasmanian tiger. Whoa. I should have one of those in my backyard. Those are cool. <laughs> what about the woolly mammoth? Woolly mammoth okay. is on the list, and so is the saber-toothed tiger. See, no, people don't understand what predators are. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Direct from the Taz and Jim newsroom, it's journalism at its finest. Boner News with Taz and Jim. Thank you for that intro. Brian, our technical producer in Bri- Hamilton. Brian. That's what I said, Ryan. Oh, I think he said Brian. <laughs> You're still worked up about the golf course I thing. I am. Right? Let's go golfing, Brian. <laughs> His name's Ryan. Oh. I said Ryan. My mistake. Okay, now I feel like we need to do this over again. Direct from the Taz and Jim newsroom, it's journalism at its finest. Boner News with Taz and Jim. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Okay, this is a case of instant karma. A man in Chicago, 19 years old, decided to uh, rob a hot dog stand. Hmm. So he uh, pulls out a gun. Two people working at the hot dog stand says, give me all your money. The guy who was working at the hot dog stand was carrying a large bucket of grease. (gasps) Oh, boy. He had the gun pointed at his head. The employee was trying to hand over the stack of $1 bills, but the bucket slipped and the money flew out of his hands. So he had, you know, butterfingers, greasy, greasy hands. (laughs) So the money went flying everywhere. The robber, the guy with the gun started uh, frantically trying to pick up all the money. Like a game show. And then he, he tried to run away while securing the gun in his waistband, accidentally shot himself in the penis. Oh, plaxical burst himself. Yeah. Gun accidentally went off. Uh, he didn't make it very far, not surprisingly, before the pain of his injuries took over. And he collapsed in front of a house nearby. Just the irony. The irony of yeah. where he shot himself and where he was robbing. Right. Oh, my God, bit man. Of, bit of a wiener theme going. Now, would you rather shoot yourself in the wiener or have that bucket of grease tossed on you, which was, I thought you were going for as a self-defense thing. Is it hot grease or is it cold grease? <laughs> if it's cold grease, it's just kind of icky. Yeah. It stinks. If it w- the hot grease is what I was expecting oh, from like God. under the grill. Oh, I don't know. What caliber pistol <laughs> am I using? Can it be re- can it be repaired? <laughs> yeah, can they bill you back like a six million dollar man? That's a tough decision. Hmm. I'm gonna go with neither. I'm just gonna avoid robbing hot dog stands. <laughs> you say that now. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Man, this is what drives me crazy about this job. 
We work hard to put on a, a radio program that is entertaining and topical for everybody. You know, we, we put our heart and soul into it. And nobody sends a message. Nobody says, hey, thanks, guys. Hey, great job. I love that segment that you, you spent a bunch of time on. Uh, what they latch on to is Taz might have said Brian instead of Ryan. Mm-hmm. Because we've been getting text messages nonstop. Yeah. Uh, about 15 minutes ago. We did our boner news segment, and I wanted to give Ryan, who is our Hamilton technical producer, some credit because, uh, unprompted, he he produced this great boner news intro for us. Mm -hmm. So I said, thank you, Ryan. Jim called me out. Because uh, you misheard me, you you think uh, I said Brian? Here's the th- I said he like you said he spent hours in the studio. I'm I'm not gonna sit by while you mislabel. Like if you called Devin Peacock Kevin Peacock, I wouldn't just bite my tongue. I would have to stand up for the man. Whatever, Tim. <laughs> Do you have the audio there? Because yes. we've been getting messages. I heard Brian. I Taz said okay. Brian. I want to. I want to hear this. To okay. Know. Okay. Direct from the Taz and Jim newsroom, it's journalism at its finest. Boner News with Taz and Jim. Thank you for that intro. Brian, our technical producer. Oh my God, it really does sound like I said Brian. <laughs> and I don't think people were calling you out because you said Brian. It's because you got so defensive once I said you said there's uh, no way. Let's, let's hear it one more time. No, I, I said Brian. Thank you for that intro. Brian, our technical producer. And hold on, too. keep listening. That's what I said, Ryan. Oh, I think he said Brian. <laughs> <laughs> You're still worked up about the golf course I thing. I am. Right? Let's go golfing, Brian. <laughs> His name's Ryan. Oh. I said Ryan. My mistake. Okay, now I feel like we need to do this over again. Now it's my fault. I, you know. I was ready to punch you. You're <laughs> lucky there's glass in between us, Jim. I was convinced that would have been, that would have been uh, completely... Uh, an over-the-top overreaction by me if I had struck you for that. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Will Smith. Ryan, are you there? I'm here. Did you hear Brian or Ryan the first time around? I heard Brian the whole... Bro- Thank the goodness whole I said something. Okay, when you heard me say Brian, did you think I don't know your name? I were you insulted? You were confusing me with Brian West. Brian West, it is confusing. who is another one of our co-workers, yeah. Um, no, I knew your name was Ryan. I thought I said Ryan. And the worst <laughs> part is, Taz, I feel like our relationship with Ryan has grown leaps and bounds over yes. the next last couple months, well, I was and trying we were to about do, to take a step back. I was trying to do something nice. That's what you get for trying to do something <laughs> nice. Ryan Seideman, our uh, technical producer in Hamilton, Ontario. We think you're doing a fantastic job. And I know your name is Ryan. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. I like how you put his last name in there, too, just to yeah. double, <laughs> double down. <laughs> See, I know his first and last name. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I'm starting to think I should encourage my kids to become social media influencers. <laughs> oh, boy, why? Well, it seems like the easiest way to make money in this world. <laughs> If you ask any kid, that is their career plan, it seems to be these days. It, it appears to be easy. Oh, my God. The uh, the cash me outside girl. Oh, boy. From Dr. Phil. You remember this? This was a viral thing, what, like eight years ago? Yeah, it was a while Seven, ago. Seven, eight years ago? This may, yeah, what this was ten years ago, maybe. What do you think is going to happen when you happen to steal somebody's car that decides that they're going to drop a hammer on you and prosecute you to the full extent of the law. Then I do my time in jail. Jail ain't nothing. That's what I always do, and they never catch me. Ain't nobody going to catch me. Because you're too streetwise? Yup. And all these hoes laughing like something funny. She's talking about the audience. (laughs) Thank you, translator. Did you say the the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes? Yep. Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? Catch her outside. I mean, she'll go outside and do oh what she has God. to do. This is mouth. Oh, do so you, you want to take this outside? Because I think they can bring cameras outside. Really? Because I think I flipped you. You want to do it again? Danny, don't get all tough. Please don't. This is not the place. Hey, and this is not sit the down. Sit down. All right, Danny. Sit down. Flip me now. Come flip me now. So that's Catch Me Outside Girl when she was uh, 13 years old. 
She joined OnlyFans the yeah. day she turned 18. Oh, God. I know. It sounds so gross. And she's apparently made $50 million. Uh, yeah, I think that was when... I didn't know she just turned 18, but I remember when she joined, it was like uh, a record-breaking you know, effort. So, she, yeah, she was making a ton of money. She goes by Bad Barbie. People were uh, were doubting that she was making the money that she claimed, and she posted her earnings statement from her OnlyFans account. And if it's true, this this uh, screen capture, she made fifty three million dollars gross. Shut up! And after giving OnlyFans their cut, she cleared about forty three million dollars. Most likely before taxes. That is, I mean, I'm just going to quit my job and leave. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> 53 million. I hate to say it, I don't want to be rude, but like there's a million women on OnlyFans. This woman is not only annoying as hell, she's not, I don't find her yeah. particularly attractive. I do not understand how she could make that much money. What is it about her? That- well, she's bad. She's a bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> that people she is bad with an h she goes by bahad barbie <laughs> i mean I can bad she baby that. bad baby or bad barbie bad behaby b-h-a-d b-h-a-b-i-e bahad baby i guess if she made that much money out of merchandising and that stupid phrase cash me outside was still a thing it's still people still say it cash me outside so she, like i could see if she made like that much money off t-shirts and mugs but off of OnlyFans, I just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, guys, what are we doing? <laughs> Why turn the Save car some around? Money. Start a TFSA. If you are on your way to work right now, turn the car around, go home, <laughs> and sign up for OnlyFans. <laughs> Retire in five years. The done. World is not fair. Uh, she's got. There's got to be something that happens in the next five or six years to this girl, like a fall from grace of some sort. Yeah, karma's got to come back around. She was already in rehab, mm. which I thought would be the end, but uh, I think now she's on the other side. Yeah, is she really happy? <laughs> I think so. That's the only thing that is getting me through this story. <laughs> she's got to be unhappy. I mean, I, I, you, you may be right, but boy. When she was on Dr. Phil, I thought her life was going in a completely different direction. $53 million she's made. Uh, This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Elon Musk is taking Twitter private in a $44 billion purchasing deal. (laughs) It's a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. $44 billion cash. You always got to pay cash. That way you can avoid paying, paying taxes, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this was under the table. It was, it was $70 billion <laughs> if he was going to write a check. <laughs> we'll take $44 billion cash. Everyone wins. Uh, Elon says, free speech is the bedrock of functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I think he's given Twitter a little more credit than it possibly deserves. <laughs> sure, maybe 2% of Twitter is where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, but the majority of it is just people being D-bags. Oh, yeah, big time. But that 2%, I mean, as far as politics go now, that 2% is pretty powerful. It's kind of the kingmaker these days. Twitter is the digital town square. Who hangs out in the town square? Oh, yeah, the people, yeah, the guy with the sandwich board who hangs out in Town Square, the guy dressed as Spider-Man. The end is coming. Yeah, everybody walks through Town Square, but the guy who spends all day in Town Square, like the guy who spends all day on Twitter is a is a rare breed. Like, I know people, like, especially in our industry, they tweet every 15 minutes. It's crazy. That means they must be looking at their phone for eight hours a day. I've said this before. If I didn't have this job, if I didn't have to use Twitter for my job, I'd love not being on Twitter. Yeah. Just like if I wasn't on this radio show, I would love to not have to listen to this garbage <laughs> every morning. I'm just a bitter, bitter human. <laughs> I would never get up yeah. purposely and listen to this trash if I wasn't getting paid for it. It, it would be nice to uh, to <laughs> avoid Twitter completely, but I do get a rush at like scrolling through it every once in a while. Like if yeah. I could do it once a week at the end of the week, catch up on the drama. 
Once a day, if you get because it's good for getting your news right. Like break news is immediately broken on Twitter. Yeah, but is that healthy for people to see constantly being bombarded with breaking news? Breaking news. What they should do, they should do like a um, a physical printed version of Twitter that they deliver to your house once a day. Yeah, yeah. And you could sit in a chair. Like on and, paper. On paper. You could read it with a cup of coffee in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. They should have like a paper version of Wordle too. I don't know if the words, like, yeah. I don't know they go up and you across. Could use or a something. pen? Yeah, yeah. It'll never work. <laughs> I do like this idea. People were freaking out about Elon buying Twitter. This is a good idea. Getting rid of the bots. He says he is... Uh, He's going to get rid of the bots, the fake accounts. He's going to verify humans to make sure that the people who are tweeting are real people, which yeah. is a good idea. I think it, it is and it isn't, I think. I think it's, it'd be nice to get rid of the trolls, but also the power of Twitter and the ability to be anonymous, I think, has value too. Do you think people are going to miss the bots once they once they're stuck with he, other humans? We're going to miss the gonna, bots. I think they're good because now you can't blame your hatred of humans on the bots. You know, you're going to really see exactly what humanity is. I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. It's like a freak show to a certain extent. We may look back, you know, a couple years from now and miss classic Twitter. It's funny to see the number of people saying, well, I guess that's it. I'm de- deactivating my Twitter account. Elon Musk is buying it. I'm out. See you later. You think they're they're actually going to follow through on that threat? hundred percent. Those are the people who are on Twitter the most. I saw people who are friends of mine tweeting kind of things like that. I'm like, dude, you are not going anywhere. This is your addiction. Oh, Elon Musk is buying Twitter. That's it. I'm moving to Mars. <laughs> How am I going to get there? Oh, oh, damn it. Elon owns the rockets, too. I'm going to the center of the Earth then. What? He's got all the big drills, too? <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Let's check in, see how Johnny Depp is holding up in the courtroom. Yesterday, he was on the stand again. Uh, he is suing his ex-wife, Amber Heard, for defamation. And Amber Heard's attorney had his turn questioning Johnny Depp. And he decided to uh, read some headlines that were written about Johnny Depp. And I got to give the guy credit. I don't know if I was in the same situation if I would be able to keep my cool. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp style. Yeah, yeah. Do you think if you're on the stand and you went through a contentious breakup like this and somebody was allegedly defaming you that you would have to really train yourself mentally not to snap in the courtroom. Well, he's a 30-year trained actor, so I feel like he may (laughs) be able to find a place. He's got a bit of an advantage there. Okay, so this is uh, Amber Heard's attorney firing headlines at Johnny Depp, and he's reacting. Johnny Depp reportedly drank heavily and was constantly late on the new Pirates movie set. Did I read that right? You did, reportedly. Johnny Depp's financial woes might sink the next Pirates of the Caribbean. Did I read that right? You did. I don't know. The next article, May 25th, 2017. Where did it all go wrong for Johnny Depp? After a string of flops and a ton of bad press, Johnny Depp's star power looks as wobbly as Jack Sparrow on a plank. Did I read that right? You read that very, very well. The next one, Hollywood (laughs) Reporter, Pirates of the Caribbean, the diminishing returns of Johnny Depp. Did I read that right? You certainly did. Hollywood Reporter were very nice to me. July 12th, 2017. (laughs) Headline, Johnny Depp allegedly showed up drunk to movie premiere, reports say. Did I read that correctly? Reports say... This is hearsay. June 21st, 2018. Mm -hmm. A Rolling Stone article entitled The Trouble with Johnny Depp. Multi-million dollar lawsuits, a haze of booze and hash, a marriage gone very wrong, and a lifestyle he can't afford. Did I read that right? You did. You should read the article. And the last one, (laughs) Daily Mail. Vodka for breakfast, 72-hour drug binges, and spending sprees that beggar belief. Allison Boshoff reveals why Hollywood's reeling over what's being called Johnny Depp's career suicide note. Did I read that correctly? You did. Who's Allison Boshoff and how does she know? (laughs) 
that is that's like an SNL skit. He's got something to say after each one, yeah, but he's got a, a lot of good retort. points. The guy's essentially reading off like TMZ headlines, and he's and Johnny Depp is calling it out, saying allegedly reports say. Now I wouldn't yeah. doubt it if he was doing that, but like, can you really? Well, what is the point of becoming one of the biggest movie stars in the world if you can't show up drunk to a movie premiere every <laughs> yeah. once in a while? You earned it. You're going to be sitting there for two hours. They sell booze there. You've seen the movie. <laughs> You're in it. Yeah. Right? Might as well have a little, little glow on. Sure. Great time for an hour and a half nap if you have Celebrate to. Celebrate the fact that you're in a movie and yeah. you're one of the biggest movie stars in the world. little vodka for breakfast. 72-hour <laughs> cloud of hash. Yeah. But even like the career suicide note, like that's completely editorialized. Like, why are you reading that out in a court? This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Snow tires on or off? Still on. Still on. But that's out of yeah. pure laziness and procrastination. <laughs> I, I was thinking about taking them off three weeks ago. <laughs> Didn't get around to it. Jim uh, usually takes his snow tires off about July 5th. Fifth, yeah, sixth. yeah, yeah. You know, a good solid month and a half of summer tire fun. You like to avoid the rush. <laughs> yeah, I'm not lining up to get my tires changed, dude. These summer tires have lasted ten years somehow, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> and the best part is, your car goes way faster now that there is no texture left on the tire. Oh, they're slicks. <laughs> uh, should we talk about our? Uh, our parking ticket situation? Well, we're uh, well. On, the, on the topic of your procrastination. Because my birthday was a month ago where I was expecting to get my uh, my refund from my license uh, plate stickers two years running. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll bring you up to speed here. Uh, you know how you don't have to have the stickers on your license plate anymore, and anyone who has paid for a license plate sticker over the past two years is getting a check in the mail from mm-hmm. Doug Ford, a reimbursement yeah. for the money they spent on the stickers. Unless you have outstanding fines. So Jim and I both looked into uh, what our outstanding fines are because I haven't gotten my check either. I had $264 in parking tickets unpaid. Yeah, a little embarrassing. And Jim, how many uh, parking tickets did you have? I think it was like six hundred and eighty bucks. Six hundred and eighty dollars. Why are you in laughing at me? Tickets. You had two hundred and forty. You're not even the parking ticket guy, and you had half as many as I had. I think my wife got them. Her <laughs> yeah. car's under my name too. It must have been my wife. In, in my defense, I was parking underground and was like paying a monthly thing, but it was one of our sales people's mat leaves so when they came back i was booted out of the underground parking and i was waiting forever to get a slot back in there because it took forever your mentality was it's cheaper for me to park on the street and risk getting parking tickets than it is to pay the monthly parking fee to actually park in a parking lot yeah and it technically was i would like but i would sneak out at like 9 a.m every morning and like move my car so that it you know i'd play like i don't even know whack-a-mole of parking spots and try to hide but uh it wasn't worth the stress, <laughs> you know? And, like, it was kind of exciting, like, pulling a slot machine lever and come out in the morning, do I have a parking ticket? No parking ticket! But there was a lot of losses, too. However, like, we park in the same spot. It costs, like, 1500 bucks plus a a, to park there. Yeah. So if I didn't park there 600 for... 600 is a deal. Not bad. Now, I, my heart is working less good. I may have a heart attack five years earlier than I was planning, but... How's your uh, mouth working? How's the English language? (laughs) Is it working less good, too? I'm just excited about saving money. (laughs) So if you and I want to see our refunds on the uh, the sticker thing, we've got to pay our parking tickets. I think at this point, we're better off just never paying those parking tickets. Call it a wash. I want to see you peacock. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is with us. And Dev, you have another love letter for Gary Bettman today. I feel like Gary Bettman just does things to piss me off. Like, I don't know. Like, I also am a little worried because I rant about Gary Bettman so much that if something ever happens to Gary Bettman, I'm going to be like a prime suspect. So I don't know if I should just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, definitely after saying that. (laughs) <laughs> and then you're like kind of proud of it, I think. <laughs> what 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 so, is the uh, the decision that Batman has made that is irking you today? So here's what's annoying me. Uh, last week, the NHL announced that it's going to be playing some games in Europe next season. This is something they've done in the past, but haven't as of late because of COVID. So in October, the San Jose Sharks and Nashville Predators are going to 
uh, open the regular season in Prague, Czech Republic. That'll be October the 7th and 8th. Then a month later, pretty much, the Colorado Avalanche and Columbus Blue Jackets will be playing in Finland. That'll be November the 4th and 5th. And what strikes me about this is... The NHL had to, like, they missed the Olympics in 2018. Arm twisted in 2022 to play in the Olympics again. That was eventually canceled out because of COVID. And yet they are so gung-ho to play in the Czech Republic and Finland of all countries. So you want to be on the world stage, but just not in the biggest stage of them all. It makes zero sense to say nothing of the fact of Colorado and Columbus having to go across the world to play two random games in Finland a month into the season. If I were Colorado and and Columbus, I would not be happy. They're doing those teams because they have Finnish players on them, so I get it. But man, I would not want to have to travel to Europe midway through the season. What if it was a preseason exhibition? Would you be more comfortable with that? And then they can spend a couple of days in Europe and it's not such a hassle. It's easier for San Jose and Nashville because they will have part of their training camp in the Czech Republic. They'll start their season and then they can come back. That's at least a better way to do it. When the NFL does this, they tie it to a bye week. So at least you have some uh, you know, extra ability to, to rest because of the extreme uh, travel that's involved with all of this. To me, it just does not make sense. I mean, the core reason you're doing this is to grow your global brand, and yet the biggest way to do that is to have your best players on the biggest stage, which is the Olympics, which they don't want to do. Do you think it has anything to do with money? Oh, it has 100% to do with money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if Gary Bettman owned the Olympics, I have a feeling the players would be playing in the Olympics. Well, that's why they want to have the World Cup, and they're going to bring back the World Cup, which is fine. Do the World Cup and the Olympics. To, like The players would do both. Like You don't have to have it as an either-or. Do both. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, uh, a picture and story on Reddit has gone viral. Uh, Bush Gardens. It's an amusement park down there in the United States. Apparently, somebody pooped their pants on the Iron Gwazi roller coaster last Thursday at <laughs> Bush Gardens. <laughs> There's a photo of operators cleaning the mess up. Oh, no. The hose? <laughs> they, they apparently used seven different spray chemicals <laughs> to clean it up. Somebody uh, joked in the comments here, Iron Gwazi is my number one, but apparently it's someone else's number two. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't understand. Like, I get needing one cleaner to sanitize, mm -hmm. but wouldn't simply water and perhaps some soap get rid of the most of it? Well, it's it's kind of perception, too, right? I used to work as a janitor at the uh, Aquatic Center in London, Ontario when mm -hmm. I was a teenager. I was, like, the building attendant janitor there. And if somebody had an accident in the pool, there was, like, a multi-step procedure and it was more about the people being comfortable with going back in the pool than it was about uh, steps three through six actually doing yeah. anything to clean the poop. That's really a lot of things in life now that I think about it. But what would you do? Like you pour like Scooping, mysterious chemicals? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, okay. you get like a scoop of, of powder and you <laughs> it's an Olympic-sized pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... One dollop. <laughs> so I was like, there you go. The magic powder's in there. You, everyone's safe to go back in the pool. Oh, no. We better wait two and a half minutes. <laughs> so, you know, maybe chemical one, chemical two were needed to clean up the poop. And the other... Six, five, six chemicals were just a placebo. Yeah. I would turn it around on its head. I would turn this into a marketing moment. It's like, it, this roller coaster will scare the crap out of you. The Iron Gwazi is <laughs> so insane. You may defecate. <laughs> People will take that challenge. You know the fair ride, the zipper? They have it at the CNE. Classic. Yeah. Uh, the zipper. I went on that when I was 12 years old with two friends, and I was in the middle. They both barfed oh, so i was trapped man. i was trapped in the middle as this thing continued to spin around you know how that guy cleaned it up garden hose really that's it people are less disturbed by vomit than they are feces though right <laughs> sprayed it down with a garden hose and then hop in the next <laughs> people got right in people in line are watching the whole process <laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, at least when you're defecating, it stays in your pants. Like, unless you're wearing a kilt or a skirt. At least it's maintained yeah. on your body. Well, if you're a thrill seeker <laughs> that doesn't have loose stools, <laughs> the Iron Gwazi, apparently one heck of a roller coaster down there at Bush Gardens. It's time for sports with Mr. Pessimistic, Devin Peacock. Here he comes. Or or wait, has he changed his tune now that the Raptors dominated the 76ers last night? What was the final score again, Dev? 103 to 88. This was a drubbing by the Toronto Raptors in Philadelphia. It was great to see. There were a lot of boos in the first half of the game. The fans were not pleased with a lot of the shot decisions by the 76ers. James Harden uh, was getting some boos with the uh, the step back threes he loves to take. Uh, it is not a pretty place to be in Philadelphia right now. Well, Philadelphia always uh, famous for booing their own players. They're just a kind bunch of people down there have you changed your tune yet can the raptors pull this off because you've been saying there's no way it's gonna happen put it on the record devin peacock has said that the raptors will not win this series i am not changing my tune partially because my tune i feel has helped fuel the raptors fire at this point so oh I can't so you're taking credit <laughs> nick nurse said it peacock's out there talking trash <laughs> i'm gonna prove devin peacock wrong he was listening on his drive into the locker room <laughs> <laughs> i mean there could, like we you, you mentioned before philadelphia on paper a way better team but you also mentioned harden all we need is harden and mb to get in a fight in the locker room maybe joel call him fat or something like that and that's all that you're out of shape the team would fall apart. Is right Harden away. putting on some pounds? Well, he always comes into the season way too heavy, and then he's always yeah. criticized for not running. Well, so, li- listen, so, to, listen to Joel the other night complaining about the officiating, saying that the refs are on the Raptors' side. Come on. A couple things that are a play that are really trending in the Raptors' favor right now. Number one, Joel Embiid was talking to the media after last night's game, saying Doc Rivers has to talk to James Harden uh, to shoot more. Oh, because James Harden, James Harden didn't take a bunch of shots last night. So that's that's problem number one for the 76ers. James Harden does have a history in the playoffs of choking. Problem number two for the 76ers is Joel Embiid has a torn tendon in his right thumb. That was a factor in game four. And again, it was a a factor in game five. He shot about 50% last night, had only about 20 points. I felt the Raptors should have actually been more physical with his hand. Like Every time he gets the ball, smack his hand, hurt his hand. This is the playoffs. You're not trying to make friends. Hurt Joel Embiid. Make him pay to score every point that he gets against you. So there are two main factors going in the Raptors' favor right now. Number three, if you want to keep adding to it, Matisse Tybal is not vaccinated, so he can't play in game six. He's one of their best, if not their best, wing defenders. And there is a bit of a history for Doc Rivers. He is the only coach in NBA history who has had multiple teams lead a series three games to one and has lost. He's had it happen three times. Could this be the fourth? I don't know if this necessarily qualifies because they were up 3 nothing. I mean, yes, they were up 3-1 at one point, but they're also up 3 nothing. The odds are still in Philadelphia's favor, but it is not looking good for Philadelphia right now. The cracks are forming. We love it. And you jumped off the bandwagon last week, Dev. <laughs> You're not allowed to celebrate. Next round, you are not cheering for the Raptors. Thanks. <laughs> is there a feud brewing between ACDC and Sting? No. The wrestler Sting. Not, <laughs> oh, not the musician, imagine. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Sting from the police. Okay. The musician. Uh, Sting did an interview recently where he said that being in a band is for kids. Quote, I don't think any grown man can be in a band, actually. A band is a teenage gang. Who wants to be in a teenage gang when you're knocking 70? It doesn't allow you to evolve. You have to obey the rules and the gestalt of the band. As much as I love the Rolling Stones and ACDC, it's hard to see growth in their music. 
Oh, snap. Are we to pretend that Sting has reinvented himself oh, multiple mama. times? Like, in his solo Down career, the river. what has Sting really oh, done you know that, that, that the police weren't doing? What's he oh, talking about? Sting, does like the... The police were different than Sting solo stuff. Like, hit away, away. You know that stuff? <laughs> you know, like the fields of gold? Fields of gold. Yeah, okay. But is that better? I mean, it's I evolved. Know. That's like one of my least favorite Sting efforts. You prefer the, the police. Yeah. <laughs> that's a terrible song. Well, that's because you haven't evolved yet, Jim. <laughs> I like you, gangs. It's fun. If Sting didn't leave the police, he never would have learned to make love for 108 hours straight. <laughs> True, and there's three other guys in the room. It's a little awkward. <laughs> Sting was in the police. This is crazy. This is going to make you feel old. How old are you now, Jim? I'm 35. Sting was only in the police from age 26 to 32. Wow. So all that incredible music he made, he made when he was younger than you are now. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he he, he kind of backtracked a bit, says he loves the Rolling Stones and ACDC, so he's not trying to slag them, mm-hmm. but they he doesn't think their music has evolved as much as it would have if they had branched off on their own. Okay, good backpedal. You called them stale for 40 years, buddy. <laughs> that insult you can't take back. Yeah. Uh, but you disagree. You think it would be fun to be a bunch of 70-year-old men in a <laughs> I think so. It's like, uh, isn't that what every guy wants? Like a f- foursome to golf with? Or, I mean, if you've got a good group of guys, I mean, they probably all hate each other at this point. But if you're f- still relatively yeah. good friends with them, that's a pretty important thing. Well, the police did end up hating each other, I believe. Well, that's yeah, that's, it depends on the group you're with. Yeah. But... Mick Jagger and Keith Richards seem to get along still. They, they do. They do. I mean, maybe it's for show, yeah. but they appear to be cordial. And ACDC, I mean, you had the young brothers, so it's nice to spend time with your brother. Yeah, of course, unless you're a Gallagher, but, you know, it just <laughs> this is a case-by-case scenario. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.